everyone. You're listening to the Witches Get Stitches podcast. It's a bi-weekly slash whenever the fuck we feel like it podcast about knitting and fiber. And Twilight films mm-hmm. and politics and whatever else we feel like covering that day. Like witchcraft. So favorite us here on Anchor. Or find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever else you get your favorite podcasts. Thanks. Hey, hey. Hello there. Hey, we're here. This is Ian. This is Lane, and we are podcasting a week late because Ian was on vacation. Yeah, but we do give the caveat in the intro that we're like, it's a bi-weekly slash whenever the fuck we want podcast. So technically, we don't owe anybody anything. I just wanted to say that. (laughs) That was really aggressive. (laughs) Look, it is is, um, Monday, August something, 14th? Question mark. 14th. 14th. Um, we're here and um, we're a little bit high strung and excited and uh, anxious and frustrated and we're about to podcast and we're going to talk so much about wool and fiber and knitting and so many happy things um, yeah. yeah so yeah anyway we're still kind of reeling from Charlottesville I think um, do you listen to Pod Save America or like any of the Crooked Media podcasts no. They have this thing where they talk about how they are doing in Trump-adjusted terms. And I feel oh. like that is really applicable today. Like, I am yeah. okay in Trump-adjusted terms. Right, which is that it's, it's just baseline shitty. Yes. Like, yes. There, there is an inherent anxiety yeah. and... Yeah. And I actually feel like today I'm not okay. Like, most days yeah. I am okay knowing that the world is collapsing around me. Right. And, like, between North Korea and Charlottesville the last week, like, I actually... Um, I'm sort of living with this baseline fear that I can't get rid of and this disappointment right? Uh, that right. is just absolutely affecting every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that really like brought me into the, the like knitting circle um, full blast was the like the Pussy Hat Project mm-hmm. back for the Women's March and a lot of like resist patterns and things like that that I saw like post Trump and it kind of really like craftivism yeah craftivism which okay I'm gonna go I'll go ahead and said say this and this is a little bit crit- critical of craftivism if that's all you're doing calm down you haven't done anything but it's a good way of like I don't know I I, I really like framed my increased like crafting uh, time spent after November in this like Madame Defarge way. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm what I'm talking about? Tale of Two Cities. Mm-hmm. There's this character whose name is Madame Defarge. I hate Dickens. I don't like Dickens okay. either. <laughs> oh yeah, fuck that shit. No 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 no. <laughs> this is the only thing that I liked about it. it okay. There's so much blood in it though. It's really great. And there's okay. all this like red wine flowing in the streets, which is very like you know like very like symbolic of blood, right? Right. Anyway, there's this Madame Defarge. This is character whose name is Madame Defarge. I think it's Madame Defarge. At me if I'm wrong. I don't care. Um, and all she does is like knit, knits constantly, is basically a silent character, but knits the names of like the enemies of the revolution constantly. And that's all she does. She just knits and knits and knits like this growing scarf with like names knit in them. Okay. And so, you know, like when she's knitting someone's name that like they're the next one that's on, that's going to like be up on the guillotine or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I, I really like framed my knitting in that way post-November because I really didn't knit this crazily 
before Trump. And it really has been, I mean, it's been no, since November that I've, I've really yeah. been, been this obsessive. Um, There's a second element of it for me, mm-hmm. and it matches up along the timelines, but I think I've turned to podcasts and sort of online news sources a lot more post-November. Yeah, yeah. And so I've had a lot of time where I was listening or reading, but right, that gives you a lot of, and it was anxiety feeling, so like having something to do with my hands yes when engaging yes. in that way so it's yeah. not just the like madame defarge-esque like knitting the revolution right but right. there's also this other element of i previously wasn't like a big consumer of tv right um and right. i know didn't really watch a lot of videos online or listen to really any podcasts right and that's changed for me post november and so i've had this time that i'm sort of sitting and could be working on something that I'm not, I don't have anything I need to be looking at. Right. And so knitting sort of naturally filled that space to give me something to do other than just wring my hands and anxiety. Right, exactly. So anyway, all that is to say that like, I feel like fiber spaces and sort of like political spaces and activism kind of go hand in hand. And that's what I love so much about like modern crafting and knitting and everything. And this is sort of like, going back to what I was saying at the beginning, which is that if craftivism is is like all you're doing, then it's not necessarily enough. So pivoting, mm-hmm. especially in light of uh, Charlottesville, which was a really violent reminder of white supremacy in all of its forms that has always existed in America and continues to exist. We can't act like this is a new thing. It's certainly not new. Um, that like supporting businesses, supporting um, black owned organizations and stuff like that is really important. So I, I just wanted to like take a second to plug. There's this amazing fiber company that's called Neighborhood Fiber Company. They're uh, Baltimore based. So this is sort of like hand in hand. Um, they, they've done some really amazing things like, like putting together knitting kits um, with like resist hat patterns. Um, I think they were pretty big in like the Pussy Hat Project. Um, they also just like flat out do amazing dye work. So um, yeah, I would just wanted to plug them for a second. Support black owned businesses, give to NAACP, give to BLM, give to, you know, anyone and everyone that is do- fighting the good fight. Anyway. Yeah, and, and I mean, I obviously agree. I'm trying to do whatever I can now. I think for the, those of us who don't, those of you listening who don't know Ian and I, we're actually local to both Neighborhood Fiber Company in Baltimore and only about three hours from Charlottesville. Yeah. So this feels very personal. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I think anything that happens of this magnitude in the U.S. feels personal to us. Mm-hmm. But but we know people in Baltimore. We know people in Charlottesville, and it's... Yeah. It, it, it's something that we can't ignore. Oh, yeah, yeah. At well, all. no one should be ignoring. And no one should be. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's that. Wanted to say. Yes. So anyway, yeah. if I'm talking way too fast, it's because I'm physically vibrating. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at your foot right now, and it's just actually shaking. Anyway, so turning on, turning to things, um, perhaps in maybe a little bit more of a positive light, things like that. I'm sure we'll be ranting oh, throughout yeah. the entire episode. But um, we've got a lot to talk about. We do, because you were gone. I was gone for two weeks. I went with my husband on a trip to Europe. I'll talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some awesome like finished objects to talk about. Do you have finished objects? I do. 
Technically, yes, because technically those socks I was almost oh, yeah. done last yeah, 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 yeah. time. Yeah, So cool. yeah, we'll get to it. We've got finished objects. We've got works in progress. We've got frustrations. We've got um, maybe some tips and tricks that I've really like. I wish that I would have known. Mm -hmm. Maybe like I don't know a month or two ago, and I wouldn't have acted like such a dumb fuck <laughs> <laughs> for two for so long. Anyway, so cool. Stick around, episode three, y'all. Woo. Cool. So we're back. Um, so what are you working on? What are you drinking? What are you working on right now? Okay, so I am drinking a raspberry ginger tea from a local tea shop, mm -hmm. which is caffeinated, which was probably a mistake given my current This thing. is the only, this is the first episode we've done, the first of our many episodes that we've done where we're not drinking alcohol. Yes. I'm not drinking any. Okay, go, anyway, I interrupted you. Go ahead, sorry. What were you saying? No, I'm drinking raspberry ginger tea. It's from yep. this local tea shop called Voila, which hand blends all their tea, and Ian and I are both obsessed with them. Yes. Um, I pretty much drink like six cups of tea a day. Yeah. And most of them are from Voila. So mm -hmm. this is a, a raspberry ginger blend. It's good. It's nice. It is a white tea, so it does have caffeine, which is not helping my stress levels. White tea has caffeine? What is white tea? It's white, green, and black tea are all from tea plants. But isn't white tea like that's it's, like the baby leaves? Yeah, it, it's about when they're plucked in the process. I think I don't I, I don't know uh, anything about gardening at all to know if there's like different types of tea plant or if it's all just processing and like when it's picked in the process. But to be tea, mm -hmm. it's got to be caffeinated because it's got to be tea leaves unless it's like decaffeinated tea. Everything, that's how they get decaffeinated tea. They remove the caffeine. Oh. Um, so like everything it. else, like herbal teas, mint teas, like lavender tea, uh, rooibos, rooibos mm -hmm. um, that's not actually tea. No, I know that that's not it's tea. It's just like herbal <laughs> drink. I know. Honey, I know that that's not tea. Well, you didn't know what white tea was. <laughs> Forgive me. So anyway, I'm drinking that. It's really good. I am working on the end of my yoga shawl. Um, I, can't, can't, I can't believe how how close you are you're so close it's sort of ridiculous and it's basically just a blanket it's just a rectangle that never ends but now it's about to end yeah so that's great there's six and a half chevrons on each end of the blanket uh-huh um and i am about to finish the third and a half do you on the on this end mm -hmm. so on the first end you do six and then you do a half one to end it yeah and on the Last part, you do the half end and then you do the six. Okay. So you do the half to start and then you do six. So I did the half and now I'm about to finish the third chevron. Mm -hmm. um, so I've. Cool. It's good. I figured out that, like, the way the chevrons blend into each other, it's pretty easy to tell what stitch should go where just looking at the row below, mm. except when you have to start the next point. Mm -hmm. So basically, like, you can see how these lines work, lurk. Sorry, everybody, mm -hmm. I'm just showing Ian. Like, I can follow that line. Yeah. The only reason I need to look at the pattern is when to add the next line. Because there's no cue oh, from the pattern yeah, yeah, of yeah, where yeah, that yeah. would start. That's hard. Um, so I get in this groove where I'm knitting, and then I'm like, oh, shit. I'm just making this really long section now. Right, right. Um, so, but I, I think I figured out the trick, so. Yeah. Well, and it's so figuring close. out what row you're on. And you are buttonless right now? I As have. As in you don't have. I have buttons. You do? I, I thought that was still like me. a. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so they're white. So this this shawl is like a really lovely. You've posted pictures of it on stucco. Instagram, right? Yeah, there's tons. Yeah, yeah. I've been posting it the whole time. I've been working on this thing for like yeah. four months. 
Um, it's this like great. The colorway is called Adobe, but it's this like dusky pink. But Adobe, it's Miss Babs, right? Yeah, it's Miss Babs yeah. Adobe. It's her. It's got like peachy undertones to it. I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's like a dusky rose with some peach to it. Yeah. So I'm I'm in love with the color. I'm in love with the whole process, but mm-hmm. um, I wanted to do brass buttons. Yeah. Because I thought the warmth. Of yeah. brass would like pick would up sort really of the good. dusky rose, yeah. but I need twenty eight of them, and they need to be relatively small. And I just everything I've seen, I can't get in that quantity. Have so we, we, re- we I, haven't really antiqued for it though yet. I yeah, feel but like we antiquing can't give for twenty eight buttons. Oh my god! So I was talking about it at knit night, and this lovely woman who knits with us, named Sandy. Sandy, my queen. She's the best. Mm-hmm. She's every single like important knitting tip I've learned at knit night. I've learned from her. Yeah, um, but she apparently has a button collection that's humongous mm-hmm. and she just brought in these 28 white buttons that are the perfect size mm-hmm. and they're they are to- they work fine mm-hmm. it's just like i had this vision of bronze in my head for right. so long bronze brass right buttons. yeah okay and i am knitting what am i knitting what's this called boxy boxy Ca- lace cancun boxy Can- lace top <laughs> i love that i have to ask you what I'm knitting Cancun boxy lace top it's like a I mean it's that's exactly what it is it's a lace top it's a crop top it's it's well it doesn't have to be you can make it as long as you want I'm gonna make it as long as I want I'm just gonna be full tube full body (laughs) tube full body lace tube um but I'm knitting it in this like sparkly DK weight I don't know if I've actually talked about it you have last episode (laughs) I also found the base it's on and linked it for all the listeners the base? Yup. What do you mean base? I found Clover Hill's base that they died for you. Attempting you oh, base. Oh yeah. Oh, anyway, so if you're list if you're like binging our three episodes in the an hour and a half time span, you already you know more than I do. Please, we spent an hour and a half last time just talking about gay romance novels. Oh my god, so good. Um anyway, so it's in graphite, see I know. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's you so sparkly. DK is the name of it. Um, Tempting You, they're great people. They like dyed it for me. I was like, hey, do you have any black DK weight sparkly stuff? And they didn't at the time. And then they just like dyed it for me and they let me know. I think I did. I say all this in the last episode. Great. So anyway, just to kind of like reiterate how great they are. I'm knitting it right now and it's, um, I'm not happy about it. trash monster. Mostly just because I'm so pissed. I'm just so pissed and I'll get to this later about other. I have had a very I've had a very stressful fi- fiber 48 hour period, but anyway, we'll talk about that later. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a motherfucking large coke from Burger King cuz I'm that trash. Where this is the episode we should call this episode trash monsters cuz that's what we are. <laughs> I haven't changed out of my pajamas today. I, I briefly put on yoga pants. I wore, do you know how many times, all day today, I've worn my um, H&M uh, booty shorts that I bought for a Bastille Day party mm-hmm. the, that I, you went to. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, it was like a blue, they're blue and white striped booty shorts. And I wore a knit pullover um, that's red and it's very, it's like loose and everything. It looks like it could be hand knit except to anyone who has never knit before. So twice today someone was like i have to ask you did you knit that yourself and i was like no it's from h&m and it was five dollars and that's like how many times like everybody asks me that 
when I wear that shirt now because I'm usually knitting out and about or I have knitting on my person and mm -hmm. everyone's like, what a beautiful top you have. And sometimes I just say thank you. But I did buy it from H&M. Anyway, all this is to say we're trash goblins. Yeah, no, we, yeah, are, we're we are trash people. Trash people today. Anyway, so I'm I'm on I'm I'm knitting this Cancun boxy lace top. It is um, I'm on like garter rows. But surprise, guess what? If you ever happen to knit this, whoever's listening, if you ever happen to knit this, just know that you're supposed to do two garter ridges between each lace section. Didn't pay attention to that fact because I do have lace on lace on lace in a couple of places in this. And I I give zero shits. I'm like that Real Housewife who Erica. Dumb, Dumlin. What's her name? I've do you know who I'm talking about? Nope. You know that song that's like, how many fucks do I give? How many fucks? Yes, yeah. you do. See, um, zero, not one, zero, zero, eh, done. Something like that. I heard it for the first time at a gay bar in New Orleans. That was beautiful. That's who I am right now. She's <laughs> me. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. Anyway, so... Uh, that's what I'm working on. Yay! Okay, and in addition to, in addition to this Cancun boxy lace top, I have a bunch of other shit on the needles right now. Some things I think that I did have on the needles the last time we podcasted. Some things I think maybe I didn't have on the needles. Maybe. I don't know. Mucklucks. You did. Dre Renee. What is her name? Andrea Mowry. Andrea Mowry. Is Renee her middle name? Is that what's going on? You literally asked this last time. I said, I don't know, probably. Oh, my God. Anyway, so Mucklux by um, Andrea Mowry. Knitting that in Malabrigo. All around slash, I think, Owl. No, it's Malabrigo all around. The ones that I'm working on now. Mm -hmm. um, that Owl is the orange. No, I got Owl in, in a neutral. It's going to go with the orange. The mm. orange is Malbrigo. Got it. Anyway. Um, I have this on. I have an Excuse Me shawl on that I picked back up. Oh, my goodness. I got re-inspired by Brioche in uh, on my trip, and I'm, I'm re-knitting. I picked back up my Excuse Me shawl. I still hate all of the fiber that I'm working with on it, and I hate the colors. But I'm doing it. And it's going to be so warm when it's Is done. Is it going to be a gift for your sister? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Lane. <laughs> so I gave my sister, I think a like maybe a couple of episodes ago, maybe in the second, in, in last episode, I had finished the eyeball shawl. Yes. Okay, cool. I'm back on track now. I know what my life is. Um, Do you? And I, I know. I knit the whole thing in, in a cotton linen blend, gave it to my sister. And so, the, and then when I went to Iceland, I texted Lane. Icelandic wool is very, very scratchy. Um, and I was like, I got all this Icelandic wool, which I'll talk about in a second when we I talk about the trip, like, you know, in full uh, gory detail. Um, I was like, I got this Icelandic wool, and it's really pretty, and it's it would look really great as mukluks. So maybe I'll just make mukluks out of this Icelandic wool that gives them to my sister. And her response was, I'm really glad that you've got this, like, new... What was you? You were like, I love this new trend of you knitting <laughs> but, things with shitty yarn and giving them to your sister, which is not intentional. It's not like I'm like, here's this shit yarn, I'm gonna give it to my sister. But that is what's well, been going on. isn't shit yarn, but you're like, oh, it's too scratchy for me to wear. So that wasn't even what I was saying. I was just like, it's really scratchy. It would be good. 
I'm gonna knit them for myself, and then I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna, and then I'm basically just gonna walk down the street in just the mucklucks, knit pure, totally naked, and flip everyone off, including. That'll be your goodbye to Frederick. <laughs> Don't at me, Frederick. I just knit these mucklucks. <laughs> Fuck off. It'll basically be that. Um, it'll be that Beyonce music video where the middle fingers up and everything. Middle you know? fingers yep. up. Yeah. Sorry, but I'm not sorry. Correct. Um, anyway, so I'm working on the Excuse Me shawl. I have the Mucklucks. I have... Parachutey. Um, oh, God, Parachutey. I haven't even touched in so long. Um, I'm working on the back of that now, but it's all mohair. and I'm, I, I complained about this before, I'm sure. No, you've never talked about Parachutey. On parachutey. Okay, so Parachutey. Parachutey is a, is a pattern by Stephen West. I have... I finished the front of it. It's a tank top that's all in nightmarish colors. Because if it's Stephen West, you have to do nightmarish, nightmare colors. So I knit it all in these like nightmare neon colors, did, finished the front, and I was so happy about finishing the front that I just didn't start the back, and then finally started the back a little while ago. And I'm trying to knit the back. I had this genius idea of like, oh, I'm going to do like accent stripes in fingering weight yarn in like garter ridge stripes, and then I'm going to do mohair, like sheer mohair just like holding it single right turns out that that's really difficult to knit by itself because mohair doesn't really like to like play well with knitting at all ever because mm -hmm. it's like silk mohair so the silk doesn't like stretch or give or work with you at all it just works against you so it's been so frustrating that i haven't really picked it up in a very long time but it does exist and i still have it oh <laughs> Okay. I think that's it. I think that's it for works in progress. And I've made really some progress on the Excuse Me shawl. Um, I have a finished object. I'll talk about that in a mm -hmm. little bit. And then that's it. Yeah, well, you have a started and finished object, so. Started? Yeah, didn't you? You cast it on after the last thing. No, but then I frogged it. Hell yeah, frogged that shit. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Okay. Okay, so what about you, Lane? What are you working on? Like, other than what you're actively working on in this moment. Yeah, so... um. I am currently ticking back this row on the yoga shawl because Great. I love doing uh, complicated things while talking and podcasting. So mm -hmm. this is going to go great. I think I was drunk knitting this last segment, which is funny because it's the first time I haven't been drunk doing this podcast. I've had to, I've had to tink back drunk knitting so many times. <sighs> it's a nightmare. Anyway, go ahead. So the only other thing I actively have on the needles right now is the muckluck, and those are so close to done. I picked up the stitches for the afterthought heel. On the second one, I just have to knit it. Wait, that's it? You mm -hmm. have this and you have mucklucks and nothing else on needles. How does that feel? Do you feel horrible? Or do Awful. You have... I hate it. Because this is like, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I usually, for projects-ish is my happy place. I like one thing that's like small person knitting, one thing that's like mindless, basically stuck in at or garter, one like big sort of complicated project, and then like one other thing is usually my happy place because then I feel like I have a project for all occasions. And this mm -hmm. is just really stressful, honestly, because I don't have anything I can take to the movie theater. I don't have anything small enough to fit in my purse. And you're wondering, Lane, why don't you cast something on? I will get there. So, right. um, so the mucklucks are like inches from done. I have to do the afterthought heel, weave in the ends and block them and then that's it. Um, so that'll probably be done, honestly, like, I'll finish the afterthought heel tonight and it'll just be a question of how long it takes me to weave in a billion ends and block mm -hmm. them. Um, then I've started swatching for two upcoming projects. Wait, sorry. What What do you mean a billion ends? 
On the mucklucks? Yes. Why do you have so many ends? So there's... There's two at the beginning. There's two at the beginning. Then two at the end, I'm assuming. Two at the end. Then where you break the main color or the contrast color to do the afterthought heel, mm-hmm. there's two. Then there's two for each color in the afterthought heel. So there's four total in the heel. Mm -hmm. And in one of them, I made a mistake and cut the color too early. And so I have two more ends from Uh, doing that. So there's a lot of ends. And weaving in ends, Fair Isle, is a little bit more complicated than weaving in ends usually. Think about that. So I started weaving in. I figured out halfway through that it was going to be a nightmare and I started weaving in as I went. So I don't think it's going to be that bad. Oh, that was smart. Yeah. But I, I think I'm going to switch. I used to be the kind of person who liked to finish, and then I would weave in my ends once the knitting was done. Right. And I've just realized that I hate, like, doing it with the uh, the Merci Cherie socks, which was my FO, and I'll get mm-hmm. to that when we get to FOs. Um, but there were so many ends because of the different color cuff, heel, and toe mm-hmm. that I was like, I'm never doing this again. I don't mind weaving in, like, two ends at a time. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to do that. So with the yoga shawl... I've been weaving in my ends as I've gone. And yeah. so all that's here, like you can see, I left like an inch where every end mm-hmm. is just so when I block it, like if it stretches or something, it oh, will yeah, come that's loose smart. and then I'll trim it once the blocking's done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually don't have any ends to weave in in this right now. I'll just have the end when I finish. That's Unless really I've nice. just switched colors again, uh, switched balls again. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the other two things I'm swatching. So I finished swatching for the Brioche Alicious. This is like you're about to cast on these things. Right. I'm probably going to do this for my owl in the Harry Potter knit along. So mm-hmm. I have to wait until September 1st to like propose it. Mm-hmm. But I was planning on doing it with um, Julie Azeline uh, Lazu fingering some spare alpaca I had and mix those together as the background and then do the stripes in this Lajola purple I had left over a scrap from another mm-hmm. project. This uh, skinny dipping blue raspberry single color that I'd gotten at. I've been so obsessed with that, that singles ever since you bought it, and I've been really jealous that you have it. It's yes, really it's gorgeous. Um, and then I was planning on doing the third color in this ice blue silk. Mm-hmm. But when I swatched it, it yeah, was bad. It was hot garbage. It was hot garbage. The yarn was totally wrong. So I emergency ran to Knot House, which is this local yarn store in Frederick, mm-hmm. and bought some Julie Azeline Fino in the petite fleur colorway. Because you only do budget yarn. Right, because I'm currently unemployed and I only do budget yarn. I totally forgot. You actually don't have a job right now. You're like, bye. (laughs) This is so good. So after ditching the silk, because that was the only logical thing to do, I knit up the petite fleur and then I blocked it by soaking it and hanging it in my like off a hanger with oh, alligator is, okay. clips cl- to the bottom just to make sure because my concern was that the alpaca was going to stretch so much mm-hmm. that like it would look bad mm-hmm. and i don't think it does mm-hmm. so here's the swatch um i like you can what see what is alpaca in this so the only thing that's the about- white with flex is striped it's half 100 percent wool julie azeline lazo fl- mm-hmm. fingering Actually, I don't know if it's 100% wool, but it's mostly wool. Wait, so you have... completely plain alpaca. So there's five colors in that. Yeah, the alpaca's fine. You're fine. Yeah. So you have Julie Asling, Skinny Dipping... LaJola. LaJola, Julie Asling, and then alpaca from, like, alpaca... Misty Morning Alpaca Farm. Misty Morning. I thought it was, like, Alpaca's R Us or something. Because the whole thing was, like, their shtick was alpaca, Yeah. Um, Okay. 
So it, I this like is it. beautiful. But so the reason I haven't cast that on yet is one because the <gasps> mistake brioche. I see one. There's there's a bunch in there, and the the whole purple row. I did the wrong brioche start. You it looks it. so good though. It looks awful. Anyway, I leave mistakes in my swatches, just not in my actual finished products. Yeah. Um. So. It's I can't nice. cast that on yet. It's a good fabric, too. This yeah, I really love it. Nice and it's, it's funny because I think this is the the brioche swatch. Seems like it's making a lighter fabric than the brioche delicious that she knit in her pattern. Yeah, it feels... It's yeah. a lot lighter than that looks. Mm -hmm. Whereas this yoga shawl is definitely way heavier than most of the yoga shawls that people have done. Mm -hmm. So anyway. Um, That's cool. But this I'm not casting on yet, even though I want to, because I have to wait until my owl's approved for Harry Potter. Seems like a lot of roadblocks they put up for you to just knit. Shut up. So then this so? is a swatch. I'm making this sweet morning sweater by Maria Braun. Okay. Um, and I swatched it in the needle size it called for. Mm -hmm. And my gauge is a little bit big compared mm -hmm. to what the pattern calls for. And I have this awkward thing. I emailed the designer. There's like five inches between the small and the medium mm -hmm. in the pattern size. And they oh, want yeah, you like were two inches of ease, yeah. but my actual measurement is a quarter inch bigger than the small. So I don't so want to get the small because it's negative ease, right. but the medium's like going to be maximum mm -hmm. ease. It's going to be like mm -hmm. a lot of ease. So but do you know what like those measurements would have been taken with one type of fiber though, right? Oh, 100% alpaca. This is the fiber. Oh. It's meant to drape. So, uh, okay, 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 okay. okay. Uh, what I think I'm going to do is drop down a needle size because then I will get gauge, hopefully. Mm -hmm. But I'm actually hoping to be slightly under on gauge because if yeah. my gauge if is slightly smaller medium. than the pattern and I need the medium, I'm going to have slightly less yeah. ease, which and I didn't want. Did you say you're going to do waist shaping? I that's might. Not in so the this is neck anyway. down. So I'm going to try it on. I usually need waist shaping. For anything that's meant to be at all elegant looking, just because of the way I'm built. Mm -hmm. um, but because of the way alpaca drapes, mm -hmm. over time, I'm afraid if I put waist shaping in where my natural waist is, like three months later, the waist will be at like mid hip. Mm. So I don't mm. want to do anything too construction heavy in alpaca. Yeah. Like I'll see how it goes as I'm knitting it. And it's such a light fabric too that like. But so feel this because yeah. like this, I would have just cast this on because I would have thought, well, the whole back and sleeves are lace, so I have to wear an undershirt anyway. So if the fabric isn't a hundred percent perfect, that's it's fine. Beautiful. But it's way too loose. Yeah. Like I, it needs a smaller needle. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. Need so the reason I haven't cast that on yet mm -hmm. is because the needles I need to swatch it in that I think will be the ones I have to use are the ones my yoga shawl is currently on. Ah. Uh, so I'm on pause there, and then all the smaller projects, I'm sort of waiting to cast on until September first for House Cup. But I think I'm gonna I'm gonna cave. And those are just like dishcloths and stuff like no, that. No, there's also like, I want to do brass and steel in that western sky I got. Yeah. I want to do that. Wait, um, you have, is that DK weight? Mm -hmm, I have oh, it. okay, that's nice. I've got the Eileen, I want to do the Eileen bag mm -hmm. that um, Espace Tricot was doing. Mm -hmm. So I've got, and I've got the yarn for that. I've got like a bunch of pairs of socks I want to do. I want to do those Gryffindor socks, but mm -hmm. I want to do the second pair of Mucklucks first just to make sure I have the Fair Isle practice. Right, right. So there's like a whole bunch of stuff I'm on the verge of casting on, mm -hmm. but I wanted to make finishing this yoga shawl the priority. Right. So, since you brought up swatch swatches as mm -hmm. part of your like stuff you're about to cast on, mm -hmm. I feel like I should do a PSA about the virtues of swatching. Yes. Because I didn't think. Okay, I'm mostly a shawl 
knitter, mm-hmm. and by mostly, I mean I've knit one very large shawl and one very small shawl. That's mostly, right? Um, which, like, why would you swatch for that? I, I, would, I said to myself in my brain, right? Because who? it's not like you're doing sizing, right? Be- because it's not like a sweater. So if it's a little bit too big, who cares? If it's a little bit too small, who cares? As long as you have enough yarn, which I did. There was no question about that, right? But here's the thing. Color choices and color palettes. This is what I'm learning about myself. I need to be swatching, which I haven't been doing. So I had, so this is the story. This is my life. I had a color craving that maybe I've talked about as a work in progress in a previous episode. I really don't remember. It was this like, ooh, I probably did because it was the Swift yarn was this amazing yarn, mm-hmm. this amazing dyer in Brooklyn, gorgeous yellow speckled thing with like some chocolate browns and some black and some like pink, like really vibrant pink. And I had this plan to do a color craving show by, by Stephen West um, where I was like doing this thing that I thought was a really good idea mixing the yellow speckle with a um solid yellow solid is the word that i was forgetting thank you mm-hmm. solid yellow that was basically the same color and i like grabbed it you found it for me at maryland sheep and wool do you remember that mm-hmm. you found that yellow and pink and you were like look this, these match so the colors look really good together but i was doing i was doing this like striping thing because the, the pattern calls for garter ridge stripes with these like giant yarn overs or whatever right mm-hmm. for the first section so i was striping one with a speckled yellow one with a solid yellow and i thought i like rationalized it to myself oh cool this will just make like a diffused speckling kind of thing right and then slowly over time it came to hate it and so i've like and and i never i could have and i had to frog it long story short and so like what i've learned is that when I start to knit something that is invo- that involves multiple colors, I have to swatch first because, and I have to love the color combination. If there's like even a little question mark, I'm gonna end up frogging it and then you've wasted a bunch of fucking time. And- I think it depends. Like there are certain patterns where starting the pattern is equivalent to a swatch. Well, like because like all the colors come in quickly enough, yeah, and like exactly. and obviously like the close to you, which is a single skein project, you're not going to swatch because no. the question is, does one skein look fine? Like, of course it does. The answer is yes. But yeah. I think in some of, especially I've noticed with Stephen West's patterns and some of Andrea Mowry's as well, um, they're like color crazy. And... Well, they're color crazy, but it takes a long time for all the colors to be introduced. Yeah, because it's like section one, section two. Yeah. Right, so by the time you get to the fourth color, you yeah. might be halfway through the project. Exactly. And that's when I think you really need to swatch. Because it's the yes. same reason people don't swatch socks. Because right. the first two inches of the sock are your swatch. If you don't like the fabric, rip out and start again. Right. But a lot of these new shawl patterns, you there's no way to know in the act of knitting until you've sort of put in more time than you're going to want to frog. But there's also like... Like, when I did my parachute, did past tense as if I finished it because I haven't. But when I was working on the parachute, I didn't swatch that because I knew that objectively what I wanted to do was put a bunch of stripes of different colors in there. And all I did was, like, as I was going to, as I was like, oh, time to change colors, I would just, like, find a new color that worked with the stuff around it. Because the point was I was putting like 30 colors in there. Well, at right? a certain point, I think the way you're doing parachute 
it could really be considered a stash buster oh, if when you started it, you'd had a stash to bust. Yeah, but I bought a bunch of yarn for that project. And used, like, <laughs> less than a quarter of a skein for each But of now I have all this great fingering weight yarn that's in, like, gorgeous nightmare neon colors. <gasps> oh, speaking of nightmares, I had the worst nightmare last night. Did I tell you about this? No. Anyway, I should probably tell you about... Anyway, I want to finish what I was saying about parachuting, but... Anyway... I didn't need to swatch for that because no. it was so many different colors and who cares at the end yeah. of the day, right? But the PSA at the end of the day is swatch if you've got a bunch of colors going on. I just swatched the other night and that's why I was in a really bad mood fiber-wise today because the swatch didn't work. And now I'm glad that it didn't like fucking cast on that stupid shawl in right. terrible colors, you know? So just one thing to add, like the swatching Ian is talking about, like does your color palette work it doesn't matter really how you're knitting that a lot of patterns stock and or garters fine you're really just looking to make sure the colors play well together mm -hmm. and getting a general idea of if the fabric you like is fine and most right. patterns especially shawls will have at least a chunk of garter or stockinette so that that'll give you a good yeah uh, vision mm -hmm. but the two patterns i've been working on that i've got the swatches sitting here for are both a little bit more complicated um, right. So, like, in the Brioche Alicious, I wanted to swatch in the Brioche with, with all three colors. And because I knew the alpaca would behave a lot differently than the wool, mm -hmm. it was important for me to swatch it in pattern in a way that I could hang that would sort of indicate the way drape would work over time. Right. So, yeah. in this case, I knit it flat because the shawl's lit flat. Mm -hmm. I did chunks of Brioche in each color, mm -hmm. and then I hung it with what I knew would be the smallest section at the top. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll post these swatches to the Instagram just so people can see what I'm talking about. Yeah. But with the alpaca, because it was going to be a sweater and the whole sweater is knit top down in the round, I wanted to swatch in the round. Mm -hmm. um, and I knit, my gauge is very different be knitting and purling. Because so your tension is exactly. different in the round for you at least, right? There. Right. A lot of people's d tension is different in the round than flat because in the mm -hmm. round, if you're doing stockinette, you're just knitting or you're just purling. Mm, Whereas so you flat, you'd be switching. You'd be right. knitting and purling mm -hmm. to get the effect mm -hmm. of a stockinette stitch. Um, and so a lot of people's gauge is just very different from mm -hmm. between knit and purl, so inherently their gauge is different in the round. So the way I swatch in the round, um, and I found this online when I was first learning to knit when I was doing mm -hmm. my first sweater, is I knit the row and then I just push it back to the mm -hmm. beginning and carry a long enough piece of yarn around the back. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'll show the picture of this because it's really hard to describe. But essentially what that means is my swatch has a whole bunch of yarn hanging off the back, attaching mm -hmm. each side to one another. It looks um, one of, like one of those like macrame owl nightmares from the 70s. Yes. But like in gorgeous luxury yarn. So the only thing I'd say if you do <laughs> this, which I totally recommend because I think it does give you a better idea of what your gauge is going to be, mm -hmm. is one, to make sure you leave enough yarn in the back. Yeah. And two, you want to add more stitches to the side. Mm -hmm. of your swatch in like plain garter than you usually would because those first couple of stitches in the row are going to be really loose. Oh, because it's essentially as if you're knitting right. flat. Right. So for this those two. for the Brioche Delicious, I only did two stitches mm -hmm. on the edge in garter to get the idea for my swatch. Mm -hmm. For this I did for the um sweater for the sweet morning, I did 5. Question. Yes. Why even bother with the garter stitches at all? Because the garter stitches give you the best idea of gauge and the best idea of the fabric's transparency. So the other stitches, I did swatch the lace just mm -hmm. to make sure I liked the look of the lace mm -hmm. and that it was spaced out enough. But it's actually the garter fabric that really lets me know that I need a smaller needle size. Mm -hmm. This is the best metric of the actual gauge. 
So when mm -hmm. I re-swatch mm -hmm. in the correct needle size or the size I think will be correct, I'm mm -hmm. actually only going to do the garter. Got it. Because I'm confident I like the lace. I'm confident I understand the lace. Right. The only thing I care about now is making sure I get the right needle size and get a gauge that's going to give me the sweater I want. Yes. Got it. Okay. Cool. Um, so do you want to talk about Europe? I want to tell you about my nightmare first. Okay. Tell me about your nightmare. I, yeah. We have about like a minute and a half left in the segment. So I want to like, I'm going to blast you with this nightmare. Okay. Nightmare last night. I was stuck in a hellscape that was basically uh, Resident Evil, but stuck, but it, interdimensional, interdimensional digital Resident Evil. Do you know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about? Um, one of my friends looked exact, was in my dream, was, uh, was herself, but who is this? I knew that she was Jean. Mm. I knew that she was Angelina Jolie. I can see it. Like you know how like, in, but not even like you know how like in your dreams it's like like. Oh, it's Alec Baldwin, but you know that it's the devil. Yes. Also, pause. We should watch Wanted, presume. <sighs> yes. Anyway. I own it. So, so good. So, anyway. So, basically, the, the entire theme of, of the whole nightmare was, was um, we're, we're, we're killing things in Resident Evil, but it's also an apocalyptic hellscape. We were, we was, we were, li we lived in a digital world and the entire world had, it was like, I don't really know. Like Tron? Like a digital world? Like no. Tron? It was basically a digital haunted house that we were going through. <gasps> no, thank you. Mm. Um, it was kind of cool though. But anyway, at a certain point, someone was like, oh, look. And it was a portal to the real world, like back to earth. And they were like, that's it. I'm going. And we were all like, no, don't do it. Jumped out, instantly died. Gene? Anyway. <laughs> so, do you have finished objects? I have one finished object, and it's okay. going to be short. Um, I finally finished those socks, the Moshishiri socks. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I put up pictures on the Instagram for everybody to see. I really like them. I've been wearing them around, like, nonstop. They're just the cutest thing. This is the Eiffel Tower yes. stuff, they're, right? Yes. They're adorable, and that colorway from Backyard Fiber Works that I knitted in Strawberry Mint, like, it just looks perfect, like for Paris in the spring. It was Backyard and... Manos del Uruguay. Manos del Uruguay. Allegria yeah. in Cactus yes. Flower. Yes, 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 So, yes, yes. it is... It, they were great. I'm wearing them all the time. I'm obsessed. Um, I don't think I'm going to knit the pattern again just because I'm pretty sure I'm never going to do another toe-up sock in my whole life. Right. Um, and I'm torn because I loved the effect of the different color heel, toe, and cuff. Mm -hmm. But I hated having the ends to weave in. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. so, like, the nice thing about the Hermione socks, I've knit three pairs of socks ever. Mm -hmm. So the nice thing about the Hermione socks and the dragon skin socks were they were one skein. I was finished. I wove in end, one end at the heel, one end at the toe, and then I was done knitting. Mm -hmm. That is not the case when you do a different color heel, toe, and cuff. Mm -hmm. It adds six ends to each sock. And when oh, you did yeah. not weave it in mm -hmm. as you went, because you I did not, you have a lot of ends between both socks. Mm -hmm. It was unpleasant. This doesn't sound that bad because what are you talking about? Like six ends per sock? Like eight per sock. That's not that bad though. It's not that... And then in so... I actually... Okay. This is controversial. I don't know if I want to hear it because that... that do you remember that dotted raise I that I have? Do you know how many ends I had to I'm sure a million in? and a half. It was so many ends. It was like 30. I know. And it I... was it was hell on it was actual hell on earth. I know. It was digital hell. It's bad. On earth. It's really bad. And so I just yeah. I am just saying I think I will knit another pair with different colored toe cuffs and heels. Yeah. 
I just think I will weave in the ends as I go. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I don't I didn't enjoy myself. That's fine. I just wanted to put them on and they had so many squiggly bits. Squiggly bits. Loose ends. Oh. Is that a thing? I'm gonna make it a thing. That's fine. Um Well cool. That was your so you've got those socks done. Yeah. Right? I finished what did I finish? Um Close to you. Close to yeah, the close to you. So this is the Justina Lukowska. See what I did there? I, you got her name got her right. Name exactly right. Um, and I knit it in Madeline Tosh. Which I need to rave about that yarn for a minute because I know you talked about last time how great it was, it's but like so... I've never knit with Tosh, and touching that finished object was incredible. Oh, and it's blocking right now, and it is huge. It's so much larger than than it was. When it, I mean it's gar it's a it's a garter stitch project so yeah. like it was going to get bigger when I actually like wet blocked it and stretched it out and pinned it down and everything mm -hmm. I need more pins I actually I just got pins. a bunch more yeah I need and to get we more. are probably about to move in together yep so maybe refrain yep for a minute yep but um I finished it it's a present um for mi madre and for Christmas so I'm like way ahead of the curve um. And I'm very happy about that fact. And it just looks great. I'm I'm very proud of it. I'm pretty happy with it. It's it the first looks time amazing. It was the first time I've ever attempted ever attempted a pico bind off. Is it pico or picote? Pico. If it's French, it's pico. But I'm assuming it's French. I would assume so. Anyway, pico bind off did that. Um, it was lovely to work on. It was an easy, so basically like, long story short, this is a free pattern. It is a one, it is a single skein, fingering weight project. It's the new Hitchhiker, in my opinion. Hitchhiker is also another, is a single skein shawl, fingering weight, it's. That's by Martina, uh, I can't remember her last name. McBride. I'll link it in the show notes. It's, and Hitchhiker's great. It's like one of those projects that everybody does when they're like, I've got a skein that's about you know enough for a little shawl and you because it's nice because you can just like knit 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 and then stop whenever you want so you mm -hmm. can make it big you can make it normal size whatever um but this is like the new does this have the same pattern flexibility where like yes you can decide how long yes. you want it to be and she tells okay. you exactly like she's like save 10 percent for the pico by, for like the last section of the pico bind off so like it's great anyway very happy with it wonderful 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 so you knit most of that shawl on your trip, right? Yes. I went to Europe. It was amazing. I was there for two weeks. So my husband and I went. We went, um... So, highlights. Went to Paris, went to Berlin, went to Reykjavik, Iceland. We did the whole, like, wow air stopover thing mm -hmm. um, for just a couple of days in Reykjavik on the way back here. Um, but started off the trip in Paris. We went to um, La Bienemie. Amazing, right? Amazing, amazing, amazing yarn dyer that who doesn't really distribute, it sounds like. Like, I think goes to yarn festivals and like fiber stuff. I think she's going to Rhinebeck this year, she said. I think said. she has her own online shop too. Like, I think she ships right. internationally. Right, but like doesn't just like you it's not like a Madeleine Tosh or like a Quince and Co or something where it's like right. it's amazing and it's knit in, in and it's like dyed in this place but it's distributed worldwide this is like 
you can really, if you want to like buy it in stores, you can basically just get it in Paris. So I got a bunch of mini skeins, and, you and got we were me a skein, got you a skein, it was gorgeous. Um, and it was like it's just very good. She's got a very good eye for color, and the base is quite good. I, I have say. a controversial opinion. Uh oh, cashmere is amazing. I don't think that that's. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah. I mean, the the controversial opinion would wait. Does that have cashmere in it? Yes. This game I got you. Uh, I think so. I'm pretty sure it's yeah. It's ten percent cashmere. Oh shit! I didn't even know that. <laughs> didn't you skimp. like me more than you yeah, thought. Yeah, no, you did. I didn't even skimp. Um, but yeah, and it's such a good like. Okay, so they're they're changing locations. So it's actually really lucky because they're closed right now. Yeah. We got there on the last day before they changed locations. They're in this amazing. Uh, are both stores closed? Because there's two in Paris, no, right? No, there's but the okay the there's there are two and they're in the same neighborhood. They're in like the 13th or 14th. Okay. Is it arrondissement? Is mm -hmm. that how you say it? See it how is. I did? Um, and they are, there's La Bien-Aimée, which is the yarn store that's like just the yarn. Okay. And then there's, I think it's called Loisivete. Loisive is like the idol, like idol, I-D-L-E. In the English name is the idol T, but it's always <laughs> Loisivete everywhere. <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. I'd have to look it up, I think so. Loisive. Loisive, yeah. So, Tea is the name of the... It's like a tea shop where they sell, like, awesome tea, scones, crap like that. And all of the walls are just, like, filled with Madeline Tosh and Quince and & Co. And a couple of other really cool dyers. There was one that was, like... I didn't tell you about this, and you're going to be a little bit mad at me that I didn't buy you one of these, but because the entire theme of the yarn dye... of the dyer was... They name all of their colorways after very, after like strong women and like strong female characters. And there was one that was called Hermione. So I feel bad that I didn't buy that for you, but like I got you that La Bien Amy. But anyway, so. I um, forgive you? Yeah, you can forgive me. Um, anyway, so that was the Paris leg of the trip. Paris is amazing. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing city. It's it's the best. Um, um, just travel tip for those of you who don't know. Wow Air, which is the airline that uh, Ian shit, and his yeah. husband took over, oh my God. is the best. We have one here um, flying out of BWI, but it flies out of four other U no four total U.S. cities. I think it's also out of Boston, New Boston. York, and Atlanta, Chicago, in San Francisco, Chicago. Okay, so there are a bunch of other more. cities actually. But yeah. so basically, their entire business model is that they fly a bunch of flights out of the U.S. into Reykjavik around the same time and then fly a bunch of flights out of Reykjavik into four or five different cities in Europe at about the same time. So right. they're able to keep prices really low. It's a budget airline, so like every amenity is an upcharge, including like having luggage. Water. Yeah. Water. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a transatlantic flight with no food. But right. the upside is that you can get dirt cheap flights. Yeah. So, and they I mean, actually just... have a sale going on right now. It's like 36% off, which is why... We're going back to Iceland for New Year's, so anyway. Whoops. Bye. But so just a pitch for that, because if you don't know about WOW Air and it does serve your city, it can be a really cheap way to get to Europe. Yeah, sponsored by WOW Air. Just kidding. No, I, they did not pay me to say that. Yeah, I've flown I with them, so. what, twice now? I went to Dublin and then Paris. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, fuck. So after Paris, we went from Paris to Berlin. We mm -hmm. had a wedding to go to in Berlin. Berlin, not so... Not so fiber friendly, I would say. 
hmm. in that there aren't any like yarn shops. Basically, not, it, my impression is that like Europe doesn't really do local yarn stores in the same way that we that we do then. Really? Like, I think that you you can do like. Um, I'm saying Europe monolithically, but I've been to two places in continental Europe, so who knows. But my impression, and this is like what Kathy at the Knot House was telling me when I was talking to her about it, was that like it's not really the same sort of thing where it's like, this is my yarn store and I go and I do I do this all the time and you just like when you need it, you get it at wherever and you get you or you get it at like Does festivals that apply to or, England and Scotland too? I don't know. And I even, I mean, she was saying, Kathy was saying, I don't, that, that they don't really do it in the same way. And her experience was like Edinburgh and everything. Right. But like, I just the know thing there's is, so many yarn festivals exactly. in the UK. But, but maybe that's what's going on, that mm. there are so many yarn festivals that there's sort of not like a need maybe for yarn stores. I don't know. But like, but like La Bienemi and La Cité do, do well in Paris. Like they do amazingly well. So maybe it's just that like, this is like almost an American export of the culture of like sitting down and knitting with like a group of people and doing like a yarn shoppy type thing. Well, and being able to buy like hand dyed yarns locally. Because yeah. that's the bigger thing for me is yes. so much of knitting is tactile. Like right. I don't think I'd buy half of the things I'd purchased if it was just from a screenshot on the internet. Yes, exactly. But so anyway, so so Berlin, there's really very little to say that's like that actually applies to yarn, you know. Right. It's you, just it's just You got ace gain, right? Yeah, but like of some like Turkish yarn that I bought at like a craft store. It was oh, like it was not. I okay. bought it to say that I bought something in Berlin. It was not. It, I mean, it's beautiful. I really like it. It's just not like. I mean, it's whatever. Um, and anyway, but Berlin is amazing. But I, there's just very little to say uh, like fiber wise. Um, but we did go to this amazing um, like what is it called? Not a yard sale. Flea market. Okay. There's an amazing flea market that happens every week in the neighborhood that we were staying in. And it was like so cool. There were so many haunted dolls there. You there know were, like, exactly boxes. what to say to make me never want to go back to Berlin. I know. But there, was, there were so many boxes. There was one. Okay. A single purveyor had multiple boxes that were filled with dolls. All of them were like Annabelle colon creation level haunted slash is that what you guys saw last night no we didn't go to the movies okay we stayed at home and we watched lifetime originals valid yep um okay can we come back to that point by the way because this is gonna be the longest episode in the history of time i mean everyone has been we've been this is us listening to the listeners because we've been getting calls emails snail mail saying talk longer and slower about yarn and also mostly about things that are not have nothing to do with yarn so we're just listening to everyone anyway so after berlin go to reykjavik surprise reykjavik does do the yarn store thing in that we went to an amazing yarn store that's called litla something icelandic wow i should know wow have you ever have you ever tried to pronounce icelandic it's basically, uh, it's basically a whispered elven language. Uh, I can say the word Reykjavik. 
Yeah, even that I got corrected on. A oh yeah, times. I'm sure. Um, that's, but like that's as far as I go, there's one. So the main street in Reykjavik is um, L A U G E G U R. <laughs> so I look at that and I say, perfect, Laugavega. <laughs> and then and then you try a little bit harder and you're like, okay, R's do this thing and it kind of is like flipped or whatever. So you say, okay, cool, Laugavega, like, and then you sound a little bit Icelandic, right? That, did that sound a little bit Icelandic to you, what I just did? I, I'm the, I have no authority on this But then, lies, because A-U does an, does, um, an oi sound, like, like um, sort of similar to, to like that diphthong in German. So, if it's L-A-U-G-E-G-U-R, instead of being Laugavegr, it's Lojavegr. Which I think is pretty right. Because the G's are just like, yeah, if they're in the middle of a word. We have like 12,000 like, listeners in Iceland listening to this episode and they're like slamming their head against a Bjork final album and just getting so angry at me. I, I will not even claim to like, I could not recognize an Icelandic accent. Bjork. I don't think when I've heard her like, speak. <gasps> You've never, oh my God. God. Okay, everyone has to stop. Did I do... I think I did this in the last episode as well where I was like, stop what you're doing, stop listening to this podcast, and you have to do this right now. You have <laughs> to listen to, and I'm going to play this for you after the after we finish podcasting. Like 6 o'clock tomorrow morning? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bjork. Young Bjork. So majestic and beautiful. She takes apart a TV. <laughs> she takes apart a TV... And there's a video of this. She's like documenting it. And she's like, hello, it's me, Björk. <laughs> I'm going to take apart a TV and find out how the TV gets me on your screen into all of these situations. And then complains about she has all of these like amazing like aphorisms and like, um, uh, like at one point she says, um, what did she say? Um, something about like someone explaining to her how how um, televisions work um, or she was like I used to think that it was just one image on the screen but it turns out it's a thousand tiny images all that come together to put me in these situations I, an Icelandic poet told me that once never listen to an Icelandic poet and like has all of these little moments where she's like, at one point she's like, I read that in a, in a Danish book this morning. And like, she's like explaining how she did all of these. And she's the whole time she's ripping apart a TV and talking about how it's a little city and how it carries all the electrons around. I cannot wait to watch it. And get in you... all sincerity, like oh, I so cannot good. wait. Anyway, so Bjork. Um, but that was basically, what was I saying? Iceland. I'm moving to Iceland. Talk it's about amazing. the yarn, because you bought like all the yarn, oh, and you and had you had a knit filled weekend. So much yarn, I just knit. Basically, Reykjavik, Reykjavik was the perfect end to this trip because it was like, like um, Paris, Paris, Paris. Drink, drink, drink. Champagne, champagne, champagne. On the Seine, having cheese. So stressful. <laughs> then I want to go back to Paris. Then, then we go to Berlin, and it's like techno, techno, techno. Dance party, dance party. Hang out, hang out. Gay wedding, right? Mm -hmm. Like. Lots and lots of fun, fun, fun. Then Reykjavik was sit down, drink coffee, knit for several days. And that's all we did. 
and it was amazing. And Ian's husband only barely knits. He was sketching the whole time. He was oh, like cool. doing like watercolors and stuff like that. And I kept saying like, this is a very wool heavy leg of our trip. Tell me if this is too boring for you. And he was like, this is great. This because he's just like sketching and stuff. And mm -hmm. it was just great. Everything was great. Um, we went to this amazing knitting circle and which was like filled with these like amazing Icelandic women who are the coolest people ever. Um, one of them accused us of having killed several sheep because did I tell you about this? No. I didn't tell you about this? No. This one woman, we we were like, hi, nice to meet you. My name's Ian. And this is my husband, Patrick. And she was like, oh, where are you from? And we were like, from the United States. And she goes, oh, were you the ones that killed those sheep and ate them? And we, that that was the question that she asked us. And I was like... Yes, absolutely. I, <laughs> I am sure I was like, no, I'm them. sorry. That's not me. Um, but what? Did that actually happen? And she was like, yeah, that actually happened because... Apparently, there's this thing now because they've got this big tourism glut in Iceland where people are told by like travel agencies or something like that that like everything is wild in Iceland. Iceland's trying to kill you. Everything is, you know, whatever. So you just live off the land. So then people took that literally and literally killed sheep and cooked them and ate them on this person's farm, like in, like outside of Reykjavik. Nope. Not legal. Mm -mm. You can't do that. Mm -mm. No. Also, why would you think, like, okay, I'm in a place that, like, is returned to the wilderness. What am I going to do? Kill a domesticated animal. On a farm. On a farm. Yeah. Kill two of them. You don't oh need to God. do that. One of them will feed an entire family for a week or two. Anyway, so I got so much yarn while I was in Reykjavik. Um, I got a little bit of yarn in Paris, but probably the bulk of my yarn came from... Reykjavik because we went to the Hand Knitting Association of Iceland, which is in the middle of downtown Reykjavik, like okay. where all the shopping shit is. You can go in and buy hand knit Icelandic wool sweaters that are scratchy as hell, but very warm. And you can buy a bunch of, um, I think it's pronounced Letlopi. Lopi is the name for like yarn, I guess. So there's one, there's like one company that's called Letlopi that where they just sell Icelandic wool yarn so i got a bunch of that while i was there because it's cheap it was like three dollars for like a 50 gram skein or something like oh that. wow and what um, weight is that i think like worsted or something okay. like that so it's good for like mucklucks and but it's not like 200 yards like 50 grams no, is yeah no. um yeah it's not like a crazy amount of yarn but like three bucks i mean who cares no, right right um so i got a couple of really awesome colors there like this like mix of like baby blue and pink and some like hot pink stuff i think a I'll probably, I'll have to post a picture of that or something like that. We'll do that later on this week. I don't have it tonight. But um, I also got the chance to meet the dyer of um, uh, Vivid Wool is the name of the company. So V-I-V-I-D Wool. Um, amazing hand dyer who is like in the suburbs of Reykjavik. And I don't think that she really sells anywhere. It's just like Etsy and out of her house. So I like messaged her on Instagram to be like, hey, I'm gonna be in Iceland, where can I buy your stuff? Because it's great. And so, um, met up with her at the knitting circle and it was just like, awesome. And she like brought a bunch of stuff and other people bought stuff too. And it was just like this really cool community. Um, so I'll have to be, po I'll, I'll post pictures of that, that wool as well. Um, great, good yarn haul great time mm -hmm. i'm moving to iceland I'm yeah be, I'm well you're going back for new year's at the very least yep yeah <laughs> so 
That'll be good. That's that. I'm going to become Icelandic soon. So you're thinking about recasting on Color Cravings with some of the yarn you've got there, right? No, I'm th I'm going to recast on Color Cravings incorporating some neon green single that I have from like Dragonfly Fibers, oh, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I don't think I'm going to... I This was sort of like one of the frustrations that I had coming back was that I basically went... Grabbed all that vivid wool that's all in like DK weight stuff because I only bought, I mean, she has fingering weight stuff and it's really good, but I just happened to really like the colorways of the DK weight stuff that she had. And I don't really knit with DK all that much. So we'll find a bunch of single skein shawls. Yeah, and I'm gonna, and I, I was like trying to adapt it to projects that I really wanted to do, like in my queue. And that was very frustrating because I just couldn't make the mm -hmm. colors work. So that was yesterday and that was my. Fiber nightmare. But okay. Anyway, yeah, fun trip to Europe. Very cool. So you tried a new yarn store. I did. So I have been picking up a couple of skeins here and there just for like generic fall projects. I think Ian and I are going to start a mitered square blanket together. I wanted to pick mm. up some stuff to do little hats for some babies coming into my life. Um, yeah. So I was. I've been getting like some lower quality, not like. I've been getting like cotton yarn to make dishcloths with, and like I got a bunch of Barocco vintage to make baby hats, like stuff. Basically, that's... you're deigning to, yeah, knit with cotton. Right. Is the yeah. I've, you put the fear of God in me about cotton. Do you blame it's me? It's the linen that's the problem. It's not even the anyway. Cotton, really. So um, I wanted to pick up. Um, there was this yarn store in um, my the hometown where my parents live, where my friend Kara lives. Um, and so hi, Kara. She, hi, Kara. She listens, so give her a shout out. But she um, wanted to knit a baby blanket her sister's expecting, and she wanted to make her first sweater. Hey, and everybody, I, we're expecting. That was from the room. I know. I picked that up. Anyway, go ahead. Um, and I saw on their like website page, their shop update was they just gotten a bunch of Vulmiza. What's that? It's like this yarn brand from I think Germany. Oh, we have a skein of that. You do. It doesn't it come in like balls? I don't know. These I think it does. weren't. These weren't. These were in Hanks. But oh, anyway, then never mind. Point is, they said they had a bunch of it, so I was like, "Well, we'll go check it out." You want to pick up some of this stuff? Um, so we went to the yarn store, and it was just empty. What do you mean by empty? It's it was very very small, and they only had two walls that even had yarn. Okay. And like, I really needed to go because I was going to pick up size eight DPNs to do the toe clothes of the Mucklucks. Yeah. Didn't have them in metal at all um they didn't have any like the only the volmiza they didn't really have much and it was all like very weird color combinations mm, like mm. you wouldn't have even liked it weird <laughs> i don't know if that's if that's is that as shady as it <laughs> no because it wasn't i guess what i'm trying to say is it wasn't weird in an artsy way okay got it it was just like <laughs> you wouldn't even no, 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 no. Like, I mean, you know me. I like classic colors and cl like clean lines. And yes, so something yes, that's yes. just like, this is a lot of color. Like, even if I'm like, well, I can acknowledge that it's pretty, but what the heck would I do with it? Like, this fell into the, like, it, there was not even, like, art yarn to buy. Right. Um, and, and they didn't really have anything Kara needed, so it was just really disappointing because it was a, kind of a trek. You know, West Virginia is not exactly... Um, 30 minutes away? No, 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 no. Like, w when you're in West Virginia, it's not... You're, like... No, a, I know. A, a half hour from everything. Yeah, yeah. You're, like, a half hour from your neighbor's house. It's ridiculous. Right. Um, oh, yeah, so, yeah, like, we were disappointed. True. But it was it was a good thing, because we ended up going back to her place and trolling webs. Oh, this is webs... Northampton webs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and their online store is just incredible. And they have this deal, and I hadn't realized how good it was. If you spend 60 bucks, 
you get 20% off your order. Oh, And if whoa. you spend 120, you get 25% off. And that applies to everything? Every, like, Don't they sell Madeline stain. Tosh? Uh-huh. So what are we doing? <laughs> so Kara and I were looking the Carrie Lake Barocco Vintage, which I was suggesting she do the baby blanket in. She was looking at Malbrigo Rios for her sweater. I think she's going to do a flax. Do you have to pay for shipping? I don't know. We didn't get. I didn't get that far with her. We were still looking at yarn. Wow. But that's a good deal. Yeah. So it was. It was pretty cool. Like, a sale items don't apply and all that stuff. But their selections just great, especially in terms of all the different like lines they carry. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously that incentive to buy in bulk when you know you're doing a lot of projects. Right. And you, especially in like that low to mid tier price range, like if you're picking up a bunch of Barocco. And like you don't or can't buy local in her case can't or um, if you like or if you know you're gonna get a sweater right that's what I was gonna yeah, say. Like like, sweater quantity Madeline Tosh or something that to get something where you're gonna get 25% off that's crazy they don't have the the downside is I mean it's the same downside as a local yarn store like they aren't guaranteed to have sweater quantity of the color you want you know what I mean like some right, sometimes right, right. they only have three skeins of something yeah but Still. But that's a product of like welcome to knitting. Right, exactly. Cool. So. so yeah, so anyway, it was it was fun to like sit with her and get to plan out patterns and she had a mm. couple of interesting yarns that we like found patterns to work with. Oh, so, cool. it was it was a good weekend and it was like I got to refamiliarize myself with some of Ravelry's like more effective search options. So we were looking at specifically like this weight, this fiber, this many yards, what are my options? Right. And it was cool to sort of get a vibe of, of what was available. Okay, so I feel like we should have a segment that's basically about the media that we consume whilst t t knitting. Got it. Yeah, makes I sense. I now understand that you were speaking in your recording Yeah, place. we did like a full <laughs> have-the segment where I was recording. Anyway, we scrapped it. Steven, scrap it. My favorite murder. That was a reference. Podcasting reference. Anyway, um... What did I watch recently? What was it called? Lifetime Lane. Original Movie. Oh, my Liz God. Liz and Dick. Okay, no. Because we were... Okay, it was the other night. My husband and I were, like, sitting sitting in bed, and we were like, okay, well, we, we should watch a movie. What do we want to watch? And then he gave me the power, which he shouldn't have done. Great. But actually did, but it worked out very, very well. Um, where it was... Okay. This is the first time you've been given the option to pick a movie and haven't picked Twilight in like six months. No, I would never months. do that. I actually would never do that in this instance because his what he said was, I'm going to close my eyes and you pick a movie on the Lifetime Movie Network, which we do subscribe to and we do pay money for, <laughs> which I wholeheartedly recommend to everyone who is interested in hot garbage <laughs> slash things that moms are afraid of, such as your teenage daughter running away with, with someone and... Or, like, having sex with, with, like, a gang member or something like that. Because that's all the movies that they have, right? Oh, so it's so good. We, I turned on one, and this is how I, this is how I know that we were, we were meant, to be the, meant to be together, my husband and I. Because I turned on one that I was like, oh, this sounds real good. It was called Woman in a Box. <laughs> oh, my God, Ian. Woman, woman in a Box. And it was about... <laughs> It was about a couple. It was about a couple who was um, apparently serial killers. 
And they they hit they. I know it. who these people are. What are you talking about? It's a it's a they pick up a hitchhiker. Yes, and they, they put her in, in a box, box under their bed. Under their bed. Two boxes. This is a true story. Yes. Yes. Anyway, the movie was too good, and we stopped about two minutes in because <laughs> we were like. <laughs> Not where I thought that was going. No, it, no, I know. It like opened. <laughs> also, how did you forget the name of it? It's literally about a woman kept in a box. I didn't forget the name. I was just trying to figure. I'm trying. I I forgot the name of the one that we actually did watch oh. that I'm trying to think about right now. But no, we we started Woman in a Box, and there was like the lighting was too good, and there was too much like artful like camera work, and so Patrick, my husband, was like. I don't know. I feel like this is too good. And I was like, yeah, I agree. It's too good. So we just decided right then and there we're going to, we stopped watching it. And then started watching some something else that was starring uh, no one except for Casper Van Dien. Never go wrong with Casper Van Dien. You can Van never Dien. go wrong with a movie starring Casper Van Dien. But starring is used very liberally in this in this movie because guess who doesn't show up until the final final 15 minutes of the is movie. it Casper Van Dien it's Casper Van Dien and Casper every Dien? single time the entire plot it's such a fu- it was such a fucking mess of a movie I forget what it's even called it was called like Hot Mess Hot, Hot Mess Ex- Express Casper Van Dien he stole a bunch of money and, and anyway so he all about this this everyone's stalking everyone in this movie got it the lawyer there's a, the main the main character female lawyer she has a stalker then she has she has a client has a stalker then she her her uh, sister-in-law Casper Van Dien's wife Casper Van Dien has left has left and been gone for three weeks and nobody knows where he is so everyone's like he ran out on his family they have a stalker everyone's stalking everyone everyone's in on this giant conspiracy it's a hot mess and the entire time I'm like when is Casper Van Casper Van Dien showing up because I need the Van Dien in my life mm-hmm. he doesn't show up until the last 15 minutes of the movie but they keep on showing pictures of like Chris the central character Casper Van Dien and I kept going that's Casper Van Dien and Patrick kept saying that's not Casper Van Dien and then it turned out that I was right the whole time that it was Casper Van Dien what a mess of a movie and there's so much stalking and so much um picture picture taking and a lot of photo developing that was going on in this film how riveting (laughs) so much photo developing and the woman the woman who like develops all these photos she just like fully touches the 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 pictures as they're coming out of like the bath that they deal with okay i actually found the name and description of this movie, I'm going to read it aloud right now. It's called Personal Effects um, Warning. Pers- this is Personal Effects, the Lifetime original movie from 2005, which is a TV movie. There is another movie from 2009 starring Ashton Kutcher and Kathy Bates, also called Personal Effects. Who copied who? Lifetime original is the only original in my mind. Okay. Unreliable Chris Locke, Casper Van Dien, disappeared years ago, years ago, from his last job. That's not even true. He disappeared like three weeks prior to this whole thing. This is not even true. As stock manager in one of... Oh, God. This is like a a (laughs) user-submitted plot summary. As stock manager in one of reputed from KFC's warehouses. 
it was not a KFC warehouse and he was not the stock manager. He was a security guard. His sister, dodgy lawyer Bonnie, apparently you're dodgy if you're a woman and you have goals, never investigated until a corpse, possibly his, is found unidentifiable in a crash-burnt car. That's also not true. She investigates before his body is found. Now she isn't satisfied with a meager police investigation, which is non-existent, and calls and calls in a private eye. Just kidding. That's also not true because the private eye doesn't get involved until like way later. Slowly, it becomes clear the case has to do with a drug money plot involving parties in her other case, defending dodgy, dodgy, everyone's dodgy, dodgy waitress Nicole Forrester, who lies about her ex, not actually a stalker, and knowing Chris. This is the plot summary. This is not even the English language. This is the plot summary. Nicole Forrester does have a stalker. She did lie about her ex, but her ex was a stalker. Anyway. And knowing Chris. This is what the plot summary says. The fiends attack when she finds the cash. <laughs> Period. End of, end of plot summary. Anyway, it's the best thing ever. There's so much fucking cash talk and so much lawyer talk. And so much like, don't get emotionally invested, but she's like not emotionally invested at all. It's just everyone being like, you're a woman, I know that you're going to get emotionally invested. Oh, how empowering. It's great. Anyway. Um, I can't. I can't wait to see it. That's Personal Effects 2005, Lifetime Original Movie. Watch it, knit, do your thing. Will do. Yeah. What about your your book? Okay, so I just... This is very emotionally traumatizing for me, so I'm going to do my best to be concise because I don't want to talk everyone's ear off about something that most of you have probably never read. But in the last episode, I was talking about how my favorite book series ever had the final book coming out, but the final book was only going to be partially written by Elizabeth Peters because she had died. So she didn't finish it. She is she is the died. Right, yes. she, she is died. So mm. I was under the impression it was sort of ghostwritten partially by Joan Hess. I should have known when Joan Hess's name was huge on the front cover Uh-oh. that it was not ghostwritten. Um, it was it was a trash fire. Yay. So while I still recommend this series to anyone who wants to read it, and as I mentioned in the previous episode, like even though this is the last book, this is not the last book in the series. Chronologically, it was written out of order, so you can just safely ignore it. And, oh, this one? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah, so you can safely ignore it and just enjoy the other 19 books. The Crocodile and Sandbank is the first one, for anyone who's interested. Plus, like, 19 books. That's, like, that's right, a whole plenty. lifetime Plus of Plus a compendium. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the the problems can be boiled down three to three, three main categories. Um, the first is that the characterizations of everyone is just so off. It's really like she's never read any of the other books. Mm-hmm. Um, so none of the characters act like themselves. And when I say she's never read any of the other books, I mean that, like, pretty literally basic details. Are just not. Right. Like, uh, Amelia confuses which one of her kids is older. Um, <laughs> Nefret, one of the characters, becomes a doctor in 1914. This book is supposed to take place in 1912, but everyone's already calling her Dr. Forth. Makes sense. Yeah, like, just basic stuff is wrong. Right. Um, but more than any of that, because, like, okay, the characters aren't quite themselves, and the, the plot, and then the, you know, basic facts are wrong. The plot overall was shitty. Right. Like, and made no sense. Right. But most grievous of all, this book takes place between my two favorites in the series, and the only two in the, for which the plots are, like, inexorably linked. Mm-hmm. And the characters are so not right. 
And I'm not talking about like basic characterization stuff because I already talked about that. I'm talking about like the events of the last novel were pretty traumatic and this should have been a book where like a lot of the characters were grieving and um, all of them act like none of that ever happened. Like they pay some lip, lip service to the events of the previous novel, uh, but like um, two of the characters hook up and break up and it's like this very traumatic experience that involves like a fake marriage and a miscarriage and all this stuff. Oh and um, like a hundred pages of the book take place from the male party in that experience's perspective and not once does he even think of the female. <gasps> oh my God. From the previous book, you mean? Yeah, like, but he oh doesn't even like think of her existence. Right. It's just, it's just hot garbage. So right. anyway, I totally recommend the Amelia Peabody series. It is, in my opinion, the greatest book series ever written. Mm-hmm. However, The Painted Queen um, is very, I was calling it mediocre fan fiction until my friend Kara pointed out that it can't be fan fiction if the person who wrote it wasn't a fan. <laughs> so, and has never actually like read it. Right. Yeah. So basically just pretend it did not happen. Yay. When reading the series. Aren't you like the, the review right now online of this of this book so i'm the second review okay the first was an arc advanced reader copy that is basically like this is the second coming of jesus it's <gasps> the best thing in the whole world and you're like it's hot garbage and my review is the second and my review is this is the worst thing that ever existed what do you mean by like oh, but review where like where could i read oh goodreads this? oh goodreads okay yeah. okay so. well that's exciting yay anyway so i think i think we've talked enough i think that's our episode yeah but um you know, there's apparently on Anchor, there's like a clap feature. Have you seen this? Yeah, I think I clap for us when I listen to it. Because I yeah. listen to our episodes like nine times. So guys, clap if you're listening on the Anchor. Does that mean anything? Like, cast, you... I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> you just hear it and it's clapping. But it's, you know, it's fun and, and, and um, interactive and everything. Um and if you want to post or comment, I actually go through and listen to the episodes in full like a day or two later because I have mm-hmm. to do the show notes. Yeah. And I never know what we're going to talk about, so I can't do them in advance. Yep. So we definitely will hear and respond if yeah. anyone has questions or comments or feedback. Yes. Um, feel free to call in. There's mm-hmm. a feature for calling in on Anchor. We could respond to crap there. Um, crap. <laughs> crap. Everything that is not produced by me is crap. Um <laughs> Um, you could email us at wgspod at gmail.com. Um, if you are listening on Anchor, know that we are now on Google Play. So we're in the Google Play Music um, store. We're still working on getting ourselves up on iTunes podcast because apparently people have problems with how much we say shit. So, yay! Um, we'll have links in both the uh, Anchor a, a, like account description and on uh, on Instagram and stuff like that for Google Play stuff. Yes. So, yeah. Well, thank you guys us. for listening. Cool. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Bye.